0: Welcome back everyone to another new episode of Grow Your Path to Wellness. Last episode, we hosted Nick Angelus, and we talked about a topic that's been getting a lot of, I guess, attention lately, whether it's social media, in the medical world, mental health world, just wellness world, basically. So we talked about the use of psychedelics and mental health treatment. Just very introductory, but um, if you missed that one, feel free to go back and check that out. This week we're excited to welcome Jessica Harrington and we're going to talk about how to choose self-love over stress in our lives. So a little bit about Jessica. She received her masters in public health at Westchester University. She's the owner of Journey to Yourself. She's a speaker. She is a stress management coach and through her career in education, she realized that we all have a common issue and that is everyone at some point or another struggles with handling stress. Through her own life journey, Jessica created Journey to Yourself. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for being here with us on this Sunday morning. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Jessica.
1: So why, I know Kelsey kind of shared a little bit, you know, your own journey and your education and all of those things, but um, was there like a specific thing that happened that you're willing to share or like how did this topic come to be something that you're so passionate about?
2: Yeah, of course. So I started my career in education in the drug and alcohol field. And that's kind of where this whole mindset came from. So I was realizing that my patients and my coworkers were both dealing with stress, but also the same things about stress, whether it was relationships, finances, they're really like stressing about the same things. So I kind of wanted to be on the prevention side of everything. So that's kind of where like the first hit came from. Um, and then fast forward, as I was getting my master's in public health, I was trying to start my first business and I ended up burning my own self out. And I'm like, wait a minute, how am I teaching about stress? And then I'm stressing myself out. And so that's kind of where the whole journey to yourself came from, because I was doing everything that you're supposed to do. I was eating right. I was exercising, you know, whatever, which are super great, but I wasn't taking care of myself on a daily basis mentally. And that's kind of where like the whole, wait a minute, aha moment came from.
1: Yeah. Right. Like we can do all these things. And again, like, I love that you shared that perspective of like, you know, the drug and alcohol start and prevention and education, and all those things, because those are all the things that we're often not taught about. <laughs> um, and stress management is one of them, right? Stress isn't necessarily what happens to us, but how we respond to what happens to us. Right. And just even that nugget of information is so powerful for folks. So I'm um, so happy to, that you're on to talking about this today, because uh, if you've been living in the world, you know, for the past, three, four, five years, you're, you're probably feeling the impacts of stress. So what are, um, three signs that we can identify stress?
2: Yeah, of course. So there's three ways you're going to react to stress. So first I always want to start off with like what stress even is. Cause that's something we always talk about. You Call your girlfriend after work. You're like, Oh my God, today was so stressful, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So what does it even mean? So stress is defined as a reaction to change. And so, meaning that anytime something, quote unquote, different happens, you're going to have a response, right? So, unexpectedly, something happens. And if you really think about it, that's every day, right? No two days are like yesterday doesn't match today, and tomorrow's not going to match today, right? So, I'm going to respond in three different ways physically, which is your body. So, that's the eye twitching, that's the migraines, that's the shoulder tension, that's eczema, right? So, those are usually our first signs but those are the first signs we go, meh, it's fine. No big deal. Everybody gets migraines. The eye doesn't twitch. It's no big deal. Push on new drug. And then your next response is going to be your behavior. So it's feeling overwhelmed, being anxious, feeling irritated, irritated, angry, right? Frustrated, isolating, right? And then it's the behavior. And this is kind of when we really start to pay attention because then it's Oh my God, I've been on Amazon shopping all night long. When did I buy all this stuff? I realized that I'm eating or I'm not eating. I'm going out more. Or I'm not going out more. Sleeping, not sleeping, right? So you're going to start to see these different signs in you. So realizing the way you respond to stress is the biggest thing. So you respond physically, which is your body, behaviorally, and then emotionally as well we talk
1: about this so much, like the stress disease connection, the stress chronic health connection. Um, and that's how the way you described it is how I describe it to my clients, or we've talked about on a podcast is like, our bodies are constantly communicating with us, right? They're, they're gonna let us know. And so the first, like you said, I say that same thing, like, you might be like, Oh, I got a tension headache, or oh, my back hurts, or, oh, I'm just having some hard time getting to sleep or I'm a little irritable or whatever those things are. And then it exacerbates and it exacerbates and exacerbates. And if we don't take care of ourselves, that's where chronic health conditions come from. Truly. They build and they build and our body's like, excuse me, knock, knock, knock. I'm trying to tell you something and you don't listen. So finally they're like, I'm going to sit you down because you have no choice but to listen now.
2: Exactly. And so that's kind of goes into Where I'll get over this all mindset came from. So when um I was first starting my business and getting my master's, I was working full time, I was working part-time, starting a business, except like the list goes on, right? And that's kind of what happened. I was ignoring the signs. I was like, oh, it's it's just this. Oh, it's okay, it's just this. And um, I ended up getting in a car accident because I fell asleep at the wheel. And went to the doctor. I'm like, I'm always tired. Why am I always tired? He's like, well, tell me about your lifestyle. I'm like, well, I eat healthy and I exercise, but I also work full-time. And I went down the list again and did some blood tests to find out that I have chronic mono, meaning that I literally was giving myself mono all the time. I'm going, oh, okay. (laughs) I see now. I see what I was missing. Okay.
0: (laughs) The intertwined, you know, it's also intertwined and similar to, you know, what amanda says and i always every guest that we have on i always catch myself like how does this information apply to me and i i very strongly like um identify my stress physically like i will i have chronic you know neck issues like that's whenever i started noticing myself getting burned out by a previous job um that's when i really started looking into it deeper. And I went and started doing chiropractic care and, you know, specific types of massage and and things like that. And it's, it's wild because we're not, not only are we not taught how to manage these things, but you you get very superficial. Like you said, those things are great eating right and exercising and all of those things, but that we need more ritualized long-term because I'm bad. I I caught myself in the past before I really kind of got a better grasp at this. I would notice myself, anything that would fall under taking care of myself or trying to manage stress, it all felt like another task, something else that I have to check off in order. And then I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. But that's not the effect that those things were having whatsoever. They're
2: great, but they aren't. They aren't it. So yeah, all and be all right. They, they, you have to have the yeah. combination of things. And like you said, even with the working out and things like that, I totally do it. I love it. It's great. But right. again, if you're not paying attention to your body when you are working out or when you are eating healthy, you know, if you're not realizing that, oh, I'm not able to have apples because it makes me sick, but just because I'm I'm supposed to have it, right? So it's that awareness that we're now creating around eating healthy or even just working out in general.
0: Yes, like I do so much work with my own clients on like. We put ourselves in these weird, like, rigid boxes as far as what does working out look like? What does eating things that make me feel well look like instead of just what is promoted to us, you know, and and so on. So I, I started, like, I actually really enjoy going on just your very basic mindful walk. And if I don't go to the gym that week, but I walked almost every day, like, that's, that's the same. Yeah, <laughs> like Boy, it, I love it, that taking care of myself. So exactly, exactly, 100. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna
1: say. I know we're Kelsey is the next bullet here before we transition to that. I just wanted to say too. Like, I think we also have to recognize that in America we live in a very capitalistic society, right? So everybody, the commercial. Well, I mean, there's a medication for everything for your stress for your pain for your whatever right and and every and you're being forced to produce and achieve and just push through right so of course you're gonna think oh everyone has migraines because joe in the other cubicle was talking about it my boss actually is suffering through one right now too but they're still here and they're still producing so it's like this constant comparison and if i take the time off then i'm not as good as or i'm not doing enough or and then there's a shame right and then there's the emotional part of it right so it's like it's so toxic. And so I had to just point out that part too. <laughs> it, no, it's
0: sure. like a, it can become like a competition. It feels like in our world, like who is the most tired, who is the most stressed, who is doing the most things. And it's when you break it down and it can be, a, it's a very hard pattern to break because it really goes, that's where I feel like the emotional component comes in. Like um, so much of our self-worth was kind of programmed into those things. Existing and manifesting.
2: So, no, for sure. You're absolutely right. I mean, you think about when you go out with your friends, some a lot, or even family functions, it's very common. You're like, oh, well, I was so busy. I was so busy. And like you said, it's just like, oh, you were busier than me. You're, you know, like you said, it's a competition. It's, yeah, a different mindset.
0: Oh, okay. I could go on and on. And on. <laughs> we call it squirreling off whenever we have guests, like, we just could go like, Phew, like all over the place. But, oh, for sure. So for for our community, uh, Jessica, can we get into the five easy ways to manage stress? So those, you know, your five tips for
2: stress management. Yeah, of course. So the first one I always like to highlight is communication. So communication in the sense of the first thing I would say is avoiding the words always and never. So when you're talking to your friend, when you're talking to specific another, even yourself, you never listen. You're always too busy for me, right? So when you think about that, and I. Significant other comes home. You ask them to bring home the creamer. They didn't bring home the creamer. She's so you're like, you never listen to me. You're always too busy doing something else besides doing something for me. Right. We've all had this conversation, but what happens now? They're going to get defensive. Now I'm going to get defensive. Now we're doing the win, the battle, and we're not resolving. Now we're pulling the stuff that happened six months ago. we are like, you remember six months ago when your mom said such and such? You're like, wait a minute. Where are we talking about creamer? Right, and so the conversation never gets resolved. We talk about everything but the conversation. But then what happens is we never talk about the creamer again, and then we never ask for the creamer again, and you never, they never help with the creamer again because now we don't want to fight about it. So now we're avoiding. Again, still not resolving. Right. So it's that communication piece. So it's okay. They didn't bring home the creamer. I feel frustrated. Didn't bring home the creamer. Oh well, I just I was busy. I feel frustrated that I asked for the creamer and you didn't bring it home because it makes me feel you didn't think about me. Well, of course I thought about you, but I was on the phone with mom, and then mom said that you know brother's in here, and and here talking about squirrel moment. Things happen. We all have them. We all have the racing brain, right? So it's just creating that communication piece over it. The second one is your environment. So basically, who is in your environment? Right, we all hear about this, right? Who is in your environment? That's very, very common conversation. Who's supporting you? How are you having these conversations? When you're going to, you know, do these streams, When you're going to relax for the day? Are they going? You know, go relax, have fun. You deserve a day to relax, right? But it's also what's in your environment. And I'm not saying, you know, have an OCD environment where everything's organized and color coded and number coded and things like that, because I definitely don't live that life. Um, but is it organized? Is the things that you need need it? So, for example. We started talking and I saw that my computer needed to be charged, right? Two seconds, I have it right here. Is everything near what you need to be? Or was I bringing this around the house going, I know I had the charger somewhere. It was in this area, the last time I used it was, right? So thinking about your environment as an organization, but also thinking of the environment as, where's the place you spend the most time? So for me, it's my office, (laughs) right? So what's in your office that's bringing you joy? or if you have a spot in on the couch right especially you guys mentioned pandemic and covid kind of adapted a spot on the couch like this is mine this is my spot this is my blanket this is where i put my cup right so we all established that spot what's in that environment that makes you happy the third one is acceptance so a lot of times when we think about acceptance it's well i can't do anything about it if you look up the word acceptance it means acknowledge so i'm aware that when he comes home after work, he needs a five minute decompress. I'm aware that before I go to my in-laws, I need to sit in the car and just go, I'm acknowledging, right? I'm becoming aware of the situation. The fourth one is mindfulness. So yoga, meditation, all these are amazing mindfulness tools and I would never say don't do them, but sometimes you're not in the mindset for it or sometimes you, you haven't done that yet and it might be scary. So what else can you do? So there's numerous ways to be mindfulness, but the one I always like to focus on is laughing. When was the last time you laughed? Like a good belly laugh, right? And we all know the statistics on smile, how great smiling is. You smile, someone else is gonna smile, right? Think about the laughter. There was a study that they did. um, They said four-year-olds on average laugh, like a good laugh, 40 times a day. That's a lot. Now, you think about it, on a, what do you think the average number for a 40-year-old was? Like I once was a week, my maybe. Mind.
0: I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is going to be a dramatic uh, statistic. Yeah, like once a week, maybe. I don't know.
2: Right? I was thinking the same thing. It says about four, four to the last times a day,
1: but wow. still a big difference from a yeah, four
2: even seems like a lot. I mean, that's sad to say out loud, but even. Four seems like a lot.
1: I love this so much too. I'm sorry, I let you get through all four and did interrupted. You're then good. I bit. was
2: trying to like, yeah, no, because I know we <laughs> would go on a scroll moment. And I was like, but my yeah. fifth one's really good too. And I know we'll go on the crazy one. So it's fine. So we're good. <laughs> I was just
1: gonna say I uh, specifically met in our networking and growing our business someone that does laughter yoga, quote unquote. And um, I don't know if you've heard of that, but like there's research on it and a whole book on it. And yeah, so it's very much the benefits of laughter. It's not actual yoga. It's the breath and the laughter and all the good things that that brings to your body. So I just wanted to recommend that to you and our audience highly recommend yeah. look into laughter yoga.
2: No, I love that. Yeah. So it's a big difference, right? And we know all the goodness of it. So I bring that up because she probably mentioned, you know, you're the, the laughter yoga girl, but, um, crying over spilt milk. How many times do we drop something and we go, oh, God, you're such an idiot. The GPS says the left and you go right. Oh my God, every freaking time. I'm so dumb. Instead of just going, well, there I go again and laughing at yourself, right? Mm-hmm. How many times are you doing right?
0: this? Because I just got back from a trip. Like I did, We, and we had, and it was a lot of like well, obviously traveling to get there, but many, many, many connecting flights. Like we had four just to get from Columbus to Ohio from to where we were going um and in that process like we made all of our flights and everything was fine but there's things along the way and you're exhausted and and it's like and you're hungry and you're tired and all of these things and and I kept catching myself being like well the shuttle is not going to be here for another 10 minutes Kelsey and there is nothing that like you you just stand here and we'll just take this moment just to just to stand here yeah
1: yeah it's like those are moments for me are like if I don't laugh I'll cry like this is this is so ridiculous it's almost comical and if I was in a sitcom people would be laughing at me so
2: (laughs) but the thing is like you said that though like the the sitcoms are funny because we all can relate so you're not an idiot you're just human right that's what it is but we go I'm the only person that does this probably not probably not right we all have done it So the last one's my favorite one and it's self-love. And so I talk about self-love because thinking about the way you talk to yourself. Again, we just kind of like hit on some things. I'm an idiot. I'm dumb. No one loves me. I'm ugly. Why did I wear this dress? I'm the only one that does this. I'm not going to make it, right? And I always bring this list up because I feel like we could all probably hit some of these, right? If not more. And I always think, say, I think you were to write all those down. You're dumb, you're ugly, no one loves you, give up, you're worthless, et cetera. And I want you to think about if you had that like written down on a notepad and you put dear best friend at the top, dear mom, dear aunt, right? And the first thing people go, well, I would never say that to them. Well, why? Because you love, you respect them, they don't deserve to hear that. Why would I bring them down? Well, if you're telling yourself that what's happening there, right? I
1: love that so much. I know Kelsey (laughs) and I both do a lot of like inner child healing. And so for me, I'll say, if you don't have a child, Do you have a child in your life, like a niece, a nephew, a friend's kid, right? Imagine that they're at your leg tugging, right? Needing something or whatever. And you're like, You're an idiot. Get away from me. You don't deserve that. You're not enough, right? You would never say that to them. And that's truly what's happening inside of us. We need that reassurance for ourselves. And every time we swat away, we're just like, uh, Every time we swat it away, we're just encouraging the shame and the guilt and the negative thoughts to come more
0: frequently.
2: Yes. Yeah, so there's two ways you could do this. I always talk about if this was a stranger saying these things to you, how would you respond? Right? You wouldn't just go, "You're right. I'm so dumb." You wouldn't say that if a stranger said you're like, "Get away from me. You mean nothing." Just like that inner talking to you, that inner critic, they're nobody. But you also know when I yell back at it, like, "Oh, shut up! Shut up! Don't say that to yourself." It builds more, right? So you build the fire. So if you think of it as like a, not yourself and maybe a stranger that doesn't know you, doesn't know your history, doesn't know all the goods about you, it's kind of worthless. That thought's worthless, you know? But the other thing is too, when I think of myself as dumb, or I think of myself as not worthless, I'm going to look throughout the day to prove that point, right? I'm going to look if I wore that, that dress that I shouldn't have worn, air quoting over here, right? I'm going to be like, oh. Kelsey gave me the look. I know she, that's what she meant. She knew she knew I didn't look good in this dress. I shouldn't have worn green, right? We're going for that validation. And I bring that up because we set standards for how others show up for us. And I say this in the sense of, remember when you were 16 and everybody got the new car and you couldn't eat in their, everyone's car, they're like, I just got this car, you can't eat in it. That was their standards, right? Maybe we had like that aunt or the grandma we went over and you could never wear the shoes in the house. That was their standards. They didn't make you sign a contract saying, these are the standards and these are going to follow. They just mentioned it. We all have that friend that you can't call after eight because she's like, no, I'm not going to answer. That's their standards. So what standards are you setting for others to show up for you?
0: And I love that you bring up, not just coming up with these standards and respecting them for yourself, but it goes back to the environment piece. The, I always say, if you look out, usually how this is very, you know, kind of generalized, but how we are feeling and, and treating ourselves internally will show up in the people and the things that we're surrounding ourselves with the good confirmation bias. And it's like, no wonder the friends, yeah. the people in my life, you know, I feel so alone, but I, you know, I have these people that I identify as friends or things feel very one-sided or, you know, I'm, I'm quite, I always say, my clients say, you're not a magnet for people, you know, that hurt you or, you know, you don't just organically attract that you're seeking that out and you don't even realize it. Yeah. And then they're like, cause you hear, I hear that all the time, like about them pursuing romantic relationships. It's, I'm just a magnet for just awful or abusive guys or partners. And I'm like, no. <laughs> No, well, that's not how that's working no and then whenever you frame it like that they're like holy cow yeah yeah I have like I always use the analogy like glasses like that or they're on your face and you don't even realize everything's getting filtered through them
2: oh for sure I love that analogy 100 percent. yeah yeah I think self-love
1: is something that it's kind of like self-care I do a lot of training and presenting on self-care and like breaking down the midst of it um, I think self-love is similar right like it's this like term that's out there in the world and we're like yeah self-love like you should do it you should love yourself but nobody actually knows what the hell that means right like I love a, that. yeah a, right like so I know like one of the bullets was like how can self-love reduce stress but like and maybe you're going to talk about it in that in that response but like, what does self-love actually mean and look like? Because for somebody that's maybe had a really traumatic upbringing or, um, you know, traumatic relations or whatever, or just doesn't, you know, hasn't had an upbringing that encouraged that, that's like such a foreign concept and may even feel
2: fake, inauthentic, or uh, unreachable, if that makes sense. No, it 100% does. So I'll give you a super nutshell. I grew up in a very drug and alcohol home with Poverty, abuse, the whole nine arts, which is kind of what made me go into the drug and alcohol field to prevent all that kind of stuff, right? So I totally understand, you know, not being my hand being held going, you're amazing. You're going to make it through. You keep striving. I have your back that wasn't in the household. So I totally understand, you know, um, what do you mean? So I bring this, I say self-love in the sense of accountability. So especially in the sense of that no support around you, And it's nothing against the people in your life, something against your parents and things like that. And there's not like a point of finger. It's it's that accountability piece. If I want it, I'm going to have to give it to myself first. So if I deserve to be loved, what does that look like for you? Okay, well, I love sitting at the park with an ice cream cone. That makes me happy. Then who's going to have to do it? You are. You're not going to wait for those identified friends like you mentioned, Kelsey, right? You're not going to wait for them to be like when they're ready for you. To, to go to the park with you. No, it's taking yourself. When you say, you know what? I really wanted to try Tai Chi. Well, guess what? Google is everywhere. You go do it. So I bring self-love in the sense of accountability. What are you doing for yourself to show that self-love? Because it goes back to those standards again. I'm setting those standards. But also sometimes going to that park, sitting by yourself is a lot. So before, you know, so I'll bring it back to smidge just sitting with yourself. So I always say drinking the coffee when it's hot. So in the sense of re-microwaving it, losing the mug, making another pocket, you're like, I had coffee somewhere. I know it's in my mug. It's on the top of my car. It's in the car. It's outside. It's everywhere. It's just not with me. So as soon as that mug comes in your hand, literally sit with it. It's one to two minutes. It's one to two minutes. So if you know meditation, you're more than welcome to do out of that. But if you're not there yet, just sit with the coffee while it's hot. And start there because then the thoughts are going to come. And I know that sounds scary for some of us that haven't maybe got to that point yet, but you're going to also just listen to what you want. It's not always just scary thoughts. It's more of, oh, you know what I would really love to do. I would really love to go to the beach for the day. Cool. So when I talk to my real friend, I'm like, you know, I've been thinking about going to the beach for the day. Cool. How are you going to do that? Right. So I then that like conversation. mindfulness,
1: and intentionality. I know Kelsey, you know, talks a lot about intention as far as like intentional work and putting intention into things. But it goes back to the mindfulness. And I don't want to um take away from your point. No, But I want to kind of go backwards <laughs> a it. little bit. And I don't know if it's too much for this episode and this topic, but for some folks, especially like the upbringing you described, right? That's that's a reality for a lot of folks. So for when sure. you say, if you think that you deserve it, and my immediate thought was so many people aren't even there, right? They don't even think that they're worth the self-love. So do you have any tips? You can totally say like, no, that's not my topic, but do you have any tips for like how people overcome even just that? Like, I don't deserve it. I'm not worth it. I don't think I'm enough for that.
2: I think start with asking yourself why. Why don't you deserve it, right? Just asking those quote unquote simple questions, but even that can be a lot. So just my, I think the biggest thing is the baby steps, right? asking yourself why. And if you start to feel feelings and you're like, this is too much, that's okay. You don't have to have all the answers today. You don't have to have all the problems today. You don't have to have all the solutions today. It's just starting, you know, it's just, and I always, in this sense, I'm bringing up to like running a marathon or a 5k. You don't just sign up and show up tomorrow. Everything takes time. You have to buy the shoes. You have to walk around the block. You have to fall. You have to get back up. Yeah. Right. It's in anything we do, whether it's at a job, whether it's, cooking, whether it's a relationship, it's the same thing with ourselves, but we're not taught that we're not shown it in that way that it is bite-sized pieces. But I think the biggest thing that really overwhelms a lot of us, especially with social media is that we forget that it's every day. So even somebody like Brene Brown, your yoga laughter person, she practices every day. It's not just you figure it out and you're done. It's an everyday practice. And I think that's where people get misunderstood by they see the social media these people live in the best life and they're awesome and they have no worries it's not how that works they literally get up and they have to show up for themselves every single day no one's holding their hand no matter how much money they have they still have to get up and do it
0: Mm -hmm. that like my brain the two things that like keep popping up as we're on this bullet point is the main one is control um yeah well two things so like I can't I can't show, I can't love something if I don't care about it. So that was something that came up in my mind. It's like just having a that blatant like existing with my letting myself exist with myself and and starting to step into the the control that I I do have now. Because if we're talking about trauma and very dysfunctional chaotic upbringing or all of that is because I didn't have any control and it was very overwhelming for every aspect of myself so it's like starting by just just letting myself exist with myself and doing little teeny tiny things that I do have control over and ability to do without judgment uh when I have clients start doing these things they judge the thing the 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 activity themselves, uh, how they feel doing it. Um, the expectations they have of it, it's just so much judgment.
2: Oh, for sure. And cause it's, you mentioned like the society earlier, like it's all from outside or from their upbringing, you know, the inner child and there's so many things that are connected to it, but yeah, it's, it's judgment. Like, you know, even with my clients, it's very much, Oh, I did it, but I didn't do it. Perfect. It's Like, okay. What does that mean? What does that mean? And who said you didn't do it perfect? Cause I don't remember calling you during and going, mm-hmm. You're not doing that right. You suck. Thanks. I like, no one called you during that meditation, during your run, when you try to drink as much water as you could that day, like whatever the case may be. Right. And no one's saying it, but you. Yeah. Like, do you remember when you weren't doing it? Like when you were
1: just sitting in the funk and not doing anything with it. So the fact that you decided to do something else is the goal is the progress. Like that's the success. That's the win.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And I always use that 5k example too, because it's hard work. It's not easy and maybe five maybe K's are easy for other people and they're not easy for me, but, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's, it takes work. It takes practice and it's not just doing one thing. And I think that's the other thing too. I'm not just running, right? There's stretching there's other work there's eating healthy. There's right. So there's so much other things involved than just running. And that's another thing when we are talking about that self care, that self love piece, it's not just one activity, right? So it's starting, it's a little bit by a little bit, but it's all a combination of things.
1: So good and so needed for so many reasons. And I think so many people are going to resonate this. Um, So thank you so much for being here, Jessica. And you are welcome back anytime um, to talk about this or another topic. So um, we'd love to have you. Um, As we kind of close out here, is there anything that we didn't share or wrap up or any like mantras or quotes or anything that you want to leave our our, um, listeners with? And then where can we find you?
2: Yeah, of course. So, but one, I know it's so played out, but it's the one I got. It's the one that got me through my daily day when I was younger and stuff like that. It's that you got this and just, again, putting it back on me. So same thing with you. You, you do got this. It just, it takes time, but doesn't mean you don't have it. Um, and then in the sense of following me, uh, my website has literally everything. So I should take you guys there because I don't know what platform you guys like. I'm on all of them. I promise you. So a journey to yourself.net. He has my direct email goes directly to my phone has every, um, social media platform on there as well.
1: That is awesome.
2: I love your quote. I
1: think simple is necessary. Uh, honestly, I had a really challenging week and, um, you know, as, as a mental health provider, you know, giving these things to other people, having challenges of your own is a whole story of itself. But there was one day where I was just extremely struggling. Like it was just, but I still had to like make my commitments. Right. And I remember I went downstairs, I got another cup of coffee. And as I like started to head it upstairs to come back to my office, I was like, (sighs) I started to like have a negative thought. And then I was like, I'm doing the thing. (laughs) right like it was just so simple like I'm not I don't have to feel great about it I'm not going to judge it I'm not going to like have an expectation of it but I'm doing it I'm doing the thing right and so like you got this kind of resonated with me because it's like it's so simple it's it's not it doesn't feel fake it feels authentic and real and it is helpful and motivating so thank you for that reminder
2: no for sure super plug-in just because you said you're doing your thing And I know we've all heard it, but just telling yourself that I get to do my thing too, helps a lot too. It does. And it sounds so cheap. I literally have it on my stickies here just because there's some days, like you said, that you're just like, I'm going, you know what? I get to do this. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Yeah.
1: That gratitude part of it. Not like a, I have to
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: for sure thank you so much oh jessica this is really good again you're welcome back anytime we'd love to have you
0: yeah.
1: um to our audience to our community make sure you are turning on notifications leave us comments subscribe all the good stuff so you can know when new episodes are coming out and give us feedback so we know what you like uh next week we have christina guarino i believe <laughs> um, she is a tiktok therapist and i'm very 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 excited to have her on um so we will see y'all in a couple weeks thank you and take care
0: take care everyone bye bye, bye.